The Sweeney Sisters by Leon Dolan is out in paperback now. Leon Dolan, I hear she's great. In fact, best-selling author Susan Wiggs calls the Sweeney Sisters, quote, a story to savor and share. But we call it, quote, a thinly veiled tale of our childhood. <laughs> Judge for yourselves. The Sweeney Sisters is available in paperback and all formats at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your indie bookstore. You know, Jewel, it would also make a great hostess gift for everyone you're visiting this summer. Mm. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California. I'm a writer and producer, and I feel like this year I really, really embraced the summer solstice and oh. deeply. <laughs> so, oh. so I enjoyed it. Yeah. Happy summer, everyone. Happy summer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Liz Dolan. I'm the middle sister. I'm in Santa Monica, California. Um, I don't know. I'm I, I'm not quite at the point yet, Leon, where time has any meaning to me. I'm getting into the swing of things a little bit, but summer solstice, that does sound fun. Good for you. Congrats. <laughs> Thanks. Congrats. And I'm Julie Dolan. I'm the oldest sister. I'm in my closet in Dallas, Texas. And I want to know, Leon, did you build a, a little like mini Stonehenge in your backyard <laughs> to, to enjoy the celebration? Jewel, I went to a special yoga class where we did a lot of sun salutations, which oh. is a yoga classic to celebrate oh. the summer solstice. And then I went to the garden shop where I bought a lot of beautiful flowers. I thought I'll just, I'll just, you know, carry that on. And I did some planting. So no Stonehenge, oh. Oh. Uh, but okay, maybe, but next, maybe next year. I really embraced it. I genuinely embraced the summer solstice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Enough about me. This is a huge show we have today because it's our summer food spectacular. Yeah, <laughs> so we're excited. First of all, we have exciting news from you, Liz. What's what's? Give do. us a taste. Give us a taste, Liz. A taste. Oh. I'm just gonna say um, the return of cooking with Liz. Uh, there oh. is a there's a cooking with Liz uh, mini season uh, in the oven. And uh, I'm going to tell you all about it later on in the show. I'm going to, it's a, there's a concept I want to place with you and we will discuss. Fantastic. I also feel like we're having our Satellite Sisters personal chef on. Claire Tanzi is going to be with us later. She's the author of Uncomplicated and Dinner Uncomplicated. And she's been doing some really fun online cooking schools. And she's coming to us with some of her easiest and favorite summer recipes. She's Good. picked an ingredient of the summer. Oh. And then we're going to talk about her new puppy. So those are, those are all very important <laughs> things. <laughs> Uh, okay. Also on the show, Liz, you're going to check. You have some words you're wondering, am I too old to say these words? Yes. W words and phrases that I hear among the like Gen Z podcasting class sisters. Like when I listen to all these Gen Z shows, they say things that I think, can I say that? So, <laughs> okay. okay. We'll give you a ruling on it, no doubt, Liz. Okay. Speaking of aging in the workplace, uh, a story drew a lot of attention last week out of out of England about um, 
fresh approaches to menopause in the workplace and like how much menopause is costing businesses and frankly us. So, uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about menopause in the workplace. I have some questions for you, Liz and Julie, uh, about what bosses should do and what employees should do to broach this oh, kind of subject. Okay. <laughs> okay. So get ready. Uh-huh. Uh, and then what else we have, Julie, what are you doing today on the well, show? Well, uh, I'm going to let you know, we're going to, answer the age-old question do dogs like major league baseball okay (laughs) fantastic i know you've been wondering i've got the answer i've I've got facts science for you but can we start with a satellite sister of the week our sister of the week is 94 year old opal lee she's an educator and activist and she is considered the grandmother which i love of juneteenth uh, she had a big week last week. She Huge. was in D.C. Uh, for uh, celebrating this, uh, the signing of our new national holiday. And on Saturday, she was in Fort Worth, Texas, celebrating June, our first Juneteenth. Now, what I love about Miss Lee is she's finishing strong, sisters, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. she's in the third third of her life. And, but she successfully campaigned for something big and important that was important to her. And as she said on Saturday, this is what I love. She said, make yourself a committee of one. Change people's mind. Don't you like that? I mean, she's she's been a committee of one about Juneteenth for a long time. But make yourself a committee of one. Change people's mind. And she also said on Saturday, she's not done. And I think that would be a good Satellite Sister t-shirt, Liz, you know. (laughs) Not done. Not done. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Noted. I know okay. we're having a merch discussion later on, so we can, maybe there are other things we can cover. Uh-huh. But, but she is an inspiration to us all. Yeah. Okay. Just never be not done. Okay. Or that's, or never, <laughs> never be done. Right. That's what I meant to say. Okay. Um, maybe she could get to work on that equal rights amendment now that she's got some free time. That Skip seems that. overdue. That's overdue. For okay. sure. She has some. Okay. The other big thing I wanted to tell you about this morning is about whether or not dogs like Major League Baseball. Uh, and and here's, what, here's how I know the answer to this question. Because Father's Day, which was on Sunday, uh, our son and daughter-in-law took my husband and I and our grandchildren, and we went to a Texas Rangers-Minnesota Twins game yeah. at the brand new Globe Life Park here in Dallas, which is fantastic. And it's delightful because it's inside. So it's not hot. We've been for many, many, many years, you know, but they figured out, you know what, we need a little air conditioning in, uh, in Texas. And so they built this brand new gorgeous park, uh, called globe life park. And we went to the baseball game. Uh, and, but they were also having a special promotion called bark in the park. And you could bring your own dog to the baseball park. And people brought their own dogs to the baseball park. Big dogs, St. Bernard's, German Shepherds. We saw a pair of greyhounds, little dogs. There were plenty of chihuahuas and little dogs. Many, many cute pound puppies. And they were all dressed in ranger bandanas. They had little ranger t-shirts on. People made little (laughs) ranger hats for them. And in the bottom of the third inning, when they did the dog cam on the big giant screen, and they just had had little uh, pictures of dogs. Okay, it was amazing because they had all the dogs <laughs> and their owners sitting in the same section. Oh, okay. That's good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
all the dogs were together, okay, up there, okay, in the, in the baseball, uh, you know, during the baseball game. It seemed like it was going fine, seemed like the dogs were really enjoying the atmosphere in the ballpark, you know. <laughs> but then, Leanne, I, I, mentioned, I say this to you, um, when the Rangers hit a home run, they have oh. a tradition which oh, no. they set fireworks, fireworks. Oh. in the stadium okay and the oh. rangers hit a home run they hit two in fact okay the fireworks went off leon the dogs were like jumping out of their seats they that were so uh, stupid i i i mean the poor dogs you know they just oh my gosh i, I you know it was terrifying for them you know that and yeah. uh so uh i don't know i i don't know if the owners it seems to me like the owners probably, I don't know. I don't know how this, what circumstances, whether they knew fireworks were going to go off or the Rangers have been so terrible this year. Maybe they thought no one's going to hit a home run. Um, but we did, as we left the stadium, we walked out past um, the dog section and I would say it was mixed. I'd say about 50% of the dogs look completely stressed. Okay. They just, <laughs> from being in the park, you know, and it's very noisy. They got a lot of music. They got a lot of lights he certainly there were 30,000 people there so mm -hmm. plenty of people so I think it's mixed reviews about whether yeah. dogs like uh, like to attend <laughs> a major league baseball game some dogs seem to really be enjoying it though yeah so would you bring Oliver next never, year? Never, no, absolutely, no. positively never. There's <laughs> there's another bark in the park in August at the end. Uh, but no, no, that's yeah. just I, I no, I don't think he likes baseball. No. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the fire whoever the marketing person who decided on the fireworks should be fired. That's yeah. just mean. That's just mean to do to dogs. Okay, well, good reporting, Julie. That's okay. some good science there. That's some good <laughs> data now. That is, yeah. I mean, because I don't know if other baseball parks do that i've never seen that before i thought no. they, i thought they were kidding when i when i saw dogs coming in i was like wow people are bringing a lot of therapy dogs to the ballpark today you know i just did no no they're in the stands yeah oh some idiot set off some fireworks last night in our neighborhood at 1 15 a.m and oh. uh the dog went nuts i'm already just giving her the cbd oil every night because it's going to be bad through july and of course we also have a drought so all it takes is one space straight mm. firework it's just such an idiotic thing to do anyway just one woman's opinion um, <laughs> committee of one committee of one there you are there's there's your issue hey speaking of committees i would like to salute the sweeney sisters amazon review project committee because they did <laughs> yes. a fantastic job last week I don't want to dwell. There was a negative review that was front and center at amazon.com. And I learned from other authors that you can organize your people to like four and five star reviews and drive down the one and two star reviews. Mm -hmm. And by gosh, you guys did it over there at Amazon. A huge thanks to the Satellite Sisterhood. I really appreciate it. If you want to turn your attention to the Audible reviews now, feel free. But uh, you've really, <laughs> you've done your part over there at Amazon. Thank you so much. Thanks to the group that showed up. 
last week at the Sweeney Sisters Book Club. That was fun. I'm having another one Wednesday night. We have another big group showing up for that. That's great. And also seeing the pictures of Sweeney's in the wild, you and your books. People have posted creative things. Remember, there are prizes for that, including a Satellite Sisters Pashmina that will be sent out. So you have till July 3rd to post your pictures there. But all in all, the Sweeney Sisters Committee did a fantastic job last week. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Congratulations. Yeah. And you know, fair enough, because you mainly have four and five star reviews. It's I know. It's not like you're it's manipulating the system. No. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> it's not a lie, Liz. Thank you. <laughs> Let's just focus. Good work, Satellite Sisterhood. That's yes. What... Yes. And people, uh, yes. And just again, it's just very grateful. Very grateful for the support. All right, Liz. And then we got a really nice email over here on uh, the Facebook page. If you're not a member of our Satellite Sisters Facebook page, please become a member. We'd love to have you. Always a lot of fun conversations there. I like to say it's the nicest spot on the internet. I think it's true. You do have to answer some questions. We want to make sure the people that we let in actually listen to the show. That's just, that's the caveat. So Mm -hmm. if you see those questions, they're not they're not complicated. Just do you listen to the show? Where do you listen to the show? How did you find out about the show? We're just looking to see that you're an actual genuine listener as opposed to a bot um, no. or a, yeah, quote, a widow with quote, military experience. Uh, <laughs> oh, work. So Bit many of, work. of those. So, so many. many. Yeah. Okay. So Mary Lee put over there on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group this week, just finished my morning phone call with my 103-year-old mom. She oh is she is struggling with the news of my recent breast cancer diagnosis. Once a mother, dot, dot, dot. Mary Lay, we're with you. I've had a mastectomy and now moving on to the necessary chemo to complete treatment. As I talked to her, I reported that as I woke up, there was a moment where I didn't feel any post-surgery pain. That led me to share with her Liz's mantra of little victories. She was so enchanted by that theory. And as we talked, I recognized how many times this past month I quietly celebrated so many little victories. We now have a commitment to share a little victory every day with each other. I mean, that is so nice. I hope it will help her as I move to the next phase of my treatment. Liz, thank you for your gift of optimism. So there you go, Liz. Wow. That is so nice, considering that I I had to count on the people around me to give me an optimistic spirit. So I'm very happy I could do that for you, Mary Lee. As a matter of fact, that is my little victory of this week. There you go. The fact that I could communicate optimism out to other people that needed it. That really makes me very happy. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, Mary Lee, we're thinking of you. And the fact that you have a 103-year-old mom that you talk to every morning is really, really great. So so our best to both of you. Yes. Okay. I have another thing I want to mention about something that got posted in the Facebook group. Because this just made me laugh so hard. And I'm just going to describe this as part of the herb banana scenario. (laughs) Like, you, you may remember, like... A couple of years ago. I mean, Julie, you've been calling yourself Urban Nana for how long? For years, right? Years. Yeah, for, uh, for six years. That yeah. would be the age of my granddaughter. Yeah. 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 So many times on Satellite Sisters, Julie has identified herself as Urban Nana this, Urban Nana that. Here's the Urban Nana report. And finally, a couple of years ago, someone posted in the Facebook group that they just did not understand the phrase Herb, herb Banana. <laughs> they, what they were hearing was H-E-R-B. And the new word, B-A-N-A-N-A. Still herb. makes me laugh every time I hear that. Herb banana. And me too. Just makes me laugh. Anyway, so we have, um, we have, here's something in the 
her banana scenario. And this was a post last week from Patricia, but Dana, Deb, Sharon, and others all also um, misheard this. <laughs> she, she said, I've been very behind in the podcast with our satellite sisters, but I just listened to the one with Liz talking about how she does not like unsolicited advice. When she talked about taking Hooper for a walk and some dog person suggested she needed to tie her dog to her crutch, I thought for a minute, she said, crotch. <laughs> I thought, how could you possibly walk your dog and attach the leash to your crotch? And then I thought to myself, self, satellite sisters would never talk about body parts like that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Patricia. But seriously, I did, I did think Liz said crotch. And then many, many smiley, laughy emojis. Oh my God, Patricia, that made me laugh so hard. I, and again, we don't know what you're hearing. I can under, I guess I can understand how that happened. I'm living in my world of crutches, right? So you're not in my world of crutches. But it is. I am grateful that you thought it might be crutch, but then you thought, well, that seems out of character. So at least we, at least we've established that with you, Patricia. You may or may not understand what we're saying. You know, and I know I'm a fast talker, so that's part of the problem. Uh, but at least when you, at least you stop and think like, hmm, that seems unlikely. And then it's, of course, it's just hilarious to picture how you would. I'm thinking like a rock climber's kind of rig around your hips. How would you do that? I don't know how you would do that. But uh, thank you to Patricia and everyone else who also heard crotch, not crotch, as just a reminder that we we think we know what we're saying, but we do not know what you are hearing. So, so there's that. Which leads me into um, a new segment I'm just going to call, am I too old to say this? Uh, and this is, you know, when, when new words and phrases are sort of catching on among the youngins, you start to think to yourself, okay, well, could I get away with saying that? Like, Am I not cool enough or is that too cool for me? And there are some, some things just like catch on and you do slowly adopt them. Like originally I was conflicted about the phrase, I am there for, like I am there for this, I'm there for that. You know, that started catching on a couple of years ago. At first I thought I should never say that, but now everyone says it, right sisters? Yeah, that's true. You know? Right. And it's, you know, it's young slang, slang-ish. Uh, okay. So I was conflicted about that, but I'm totally down now with I am there for. So I'm there for, I, I'm there for. Um, on the borderline for me still is a word that Leanne uses very effectively, but I do not allow myself to use, which is Stan. And you, oh. use, this, <laughs> you use this effectively in Twitterly, and that's where it belongs, you know? Right. And a Stan is when you're a very big fan of someone famous. Um, so like I stand for, you know, uh, the Satellite Sisters. Mm -hmm. um, but I can't use, I think I'm too old for Stan Leanne. So I you're think you are. You're <laughs> <laughs> See, unless, Julie. Unless the person you stand for, I, I don't know, is, yeah. is, yeah. is also old. <laughs> See, Julie, <laughs> ouch, ouch, Leanne. Well, Julie, uh, Leanne is a 
I know, I know, I I know. I've been listening to the show forever. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm so well aware. Are... I'm well aware that she's the youngest. Yes, but she's also a whole different generation. So I, I do understand. That. She's Gen X, and we're boomers. Yes. So anyway, I'm. So I can't. I can't. I'm not down with the Stan. I am not there for Stan. Yeah. Uh, then the next one, which is clearly in the wildly off limits for me, is the trendy new word, chuggy. Oh, I, oh. You yeah, know, yeah. so, and what Use I love that about, in a sentence, Liz, um, the, uh, well, did you see that girl on TikTok? She's just so chuggy. That's what it would be, Julie. <laughs> but what, what it means, what I love about this one, this is um, Gen Zers dissing millennials, because it's a word <laughs> that means it describes millennials who are just trying too hard to be trendy or cool. Yeah. So, and see, they don't even consider boomers anymore because no, they're no, ancient. No, no, okay. Yeah. So it would be totally chuggy for me to use the word chuggy is what I would say about that. <laughs> right? Okay, yes. but here, here's the phrase. I, I'm just going to try it out on you, sisters. And because uh, I'm hearing this a lot among the, the Gen Z podcasting class, especially because I listen to a lot of podcasts right now that are about like sports and all the trials and things. Um, and the phrase is this, like, say we were talking about our favorite books and, you know, you're both mentioning things that are your favorites. I would chime in and I would say, well, don't sleep on the Sweeney sisters. Oh, so have yeah. you heard that yet? The don't yeah. sleep on? No, right. I haven't. It's a good thing I'm listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard of any of these other than Chugi. So, so, okay. So in the sports context, it's always like they're saying like in the race, who's likely to finish. And then someone will always say, well, you know, don't sleep on, you know, Allison Felix mm -hmm. or don't sleep on. And I kind of like it. Oh, you can use that. I, I can I feel use like, that. I can yeah. use sleep on. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, so don't sleep on the satellite sisters. I think. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Make a t-shirt, Liz. <laughs> Maybe okay. it's the pep talk this week. I don't know. Don't sleep okay. on it. No, it's fun. That's fun. I mean, I think yes. that's just a fun thing. It's yes. not a, right. Like do your kids use that phrase yet? See, part of this is because I don't have kids. I don't know what kids are really saying versus what just kids on the internet are saying. I, I, you know, well, Colin's just rife with irony, so I, I think he would use it ironically. Oh. <laughs> you know, okay, he, he's ironical irony forward. So okay, uh, okay, and yeah, I don't, I can't. Yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I have Nana Camp going on this week. I'm gonna test out all four of those phrases. I'm okay. gonna, I'm gonna do a little focus group <laughs> with whatever generation uh, my crew is, and I'll let you know. Okay, okay. Right. I'd like to see Julie use Stan in a sentence. <laughs> I think you're mocking me, sister. It's all right. Hey. Hey, don't sleep on Stan. Don't sleep on Stan. Don't sleep on Stan. All right. Okay. That's it. I'm adopting it. Don't sleep on don't sleep on the satellite sisters, people. I'll just leave you with that thought. <laughs> all right. Uh, when we come back, we have a business block. What it's like to go to work with menopause. Should you or shouldn't you talk at, about it at the office? Also, some merch. Yeah, some some viral merch. Are we gonna get in on this? A couple of other things going to next uh and oh the big cooking with liz update so stay with us but first we have to thank a couple of sponsors we are so happy at satellite sisters to have britbox as a sponsor you know we love it it's the streaming home of the best british television with exclusive mysteries crime dramas comedies documentaries and more julie what's your fave 
Vera, I love this show. I'm on season 11. I mean, Brenda Blethyn is such a great actress. And the character Liz Vera, I don't know if you've watched it, but she's essentially Margaret Thatcher in a trench coat, okay? <laughs> she is bossing people around and solving crime. I love her. Okay, well, I want to especially recommend Archie. Archie's a brand new limited series. It's starring Jason Isaacs as Archie Leach. Who is he? He's the man who became Harry Grant. And oh. you know what's so interesting about this is it's sort of about how he became a star in old Hollywood, how he went from being Archie Leach to being Cary Grant. But also because it's him growing up in old Hollywood, there are a lot of people in the in the movie playing Doris Day, Grace Kelly, George Burns. It's little snapshots of what it was like to become a movie star back in the day. So I really enjoyed it and recommend. So sign up for BritBox today to stream Archie and any other fan favorites from any device you have. So we have a special limited time offer. Get 50% off your first month when you sign up for the monthly plan. But only if you go to BritBox.com and use our promo code SISTERS at checkout. Got it? Don't wait. Get 50% off your first month. Use promo code SISTERS at BritBox.com. All right. Uh, we're back. Um, all right. So you guys, this week, last week on the uh, out there on the internet, uh, a story broke. For some reason, it got a lot of traction, even though there have been a bunch of these stories in the news over the last couple of years about what kind of issues women going through menopause are having in the workplace and basically how much we're costing women, you know, 45 to 65 are costing businesses in terms of lost days because of women with serious menopause problems or even not so serious <laughs> menopause problems, but just not maybe being their best self at the office because of menopause. So what struck me about this is that the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics estimates there will be more than 55 million women, 55 and older, in the U.S. labor force by 2024. Mm. Okay, so that's a lot of hot flashes, girls. Yes. I mean, that, <laughs> that's a lot of the many fans, yeah, for the <laughs> office, yeah. Oh, and you know, people out there like defending themselves, saying we we like we don't complain. Our generation of women, we never talk about this. We go to work, we shut up, we we take our sweaters, put our sweaters on, take our sweaters off, put our sweaters on, take our sweaters off. <laughs> <laughs> you know? it's like, yes, that's true. Yeah, we're just we're just slogging through like this terrible period of our lives. How dare anyone mention that we're costing businesses money? So I did some further research. Re Search because there was such an uproar last week, and I came upon two distinct points of view one from the Harvard Business Review, and another from Next Avenue, which is a, a workplace website. So, I, I want to ask you, Liz and Julie, you put on your caps as mm -hmm. um, business experts. Julie, have been your MBA, Liz, you've been a big wig in business. You're also women, you've managed people, you've had mm -hmm. managers. So, a couple of questions. Now, Harvard Business Review recommended, uh, you know, some really practical things. First of all, like flexible work schedules for women going through menopause. Like maybe you just don't come in today if you feel like, I don't know, tearing all the books off the bookcase in the in the break room. You know, there's <laughs> 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 one woman who who was who actually got fired for that. She just, she said, I look back, what was I thinking? Just was really mad after this conference call and I just took all the books and 
empty the bookcases in the, uh, in the break room. Okay. So don't do that. Mm -hmm. But a flexible work schedule, maybe rooms for hot flashes. Okay. Places where women can go, you know, to just. Isn't that called the ladies room? (laughs) (laughs) Well, access to more ladies rooms than ladies or fans in the ladies room. Oh, that's a good idea. Places to sit in the ladies room that are, you know, so things like A nice ice bath in the ladies room. (laughs) Okay, but this was the thing that struck me. This woman who wrote was a manager and she said, here's the thing, like usually if you're a woman in the 45 to 55, that's when you're coming into leadership roles in offices. So you should normalize, that's another one of those phrases that Gen Z use, normalize talking about your own menopause in work meetings. So mm. if you're having, if you're in a conference room and you're having a meeting and you get a hot flash, you just stand up and you go, oh, I'm having a hot flash, I have to leave now. What do you think about that? Can you, I mean, can you imagine right, Liz, that? you go first. <laughs> you go first. Okay. Well, here's the thing. What, what worries me about that as a strategy is when you're, when you're at the age when you're going through menopause, you're also super aware of ageism as a factor in the workplace, you know? Right. So- would I be likely to draw attention to the fact that I could even be in the menopause age group? I have to admit, I, no, I would. I, the last thing I need to do in my line of work is constantly reminding people that I don't even know what the word chuggy means, you know? Right. <laughs> so, right. In marketing, marketing, so, everything. In marketing, right. yeah. And yeah. so I, I get the normalizing these things. I think one thing that millennials and Gen Z have done well is normalizing all kinds of discussion about mental health issues, wellness issues, you know, people that suffer from migraines, people that have all kinds of issues, having that be open and maternity leave, parenting, yes. uh-huh. things yes. like that as yes. they so get older and have creating kids. Creating yeah. nursing rooms for working yeah. moms. Yes. yes. And all of that has been a huge leap forward for all kinds of people in the workplace. But I don't know. I'm not sure I want to be leading that. Per- I don't know. I don't, I don't really know about that. I, I just, Julie, what do you think? Well, first of all, I want to acknowledge everyone that anyone that has had a difficult, has gone through this and it's been very difficult. You know, I mean, yeah. those symptoms are real. Yes. It's, it, you know, and they can be severe. Okay. When I say that, but then I'm like, it, TMI, too much information. <laughs> What's next? Incontinence? You know, I, I, I mean, Yes, that is what's next. <laughs> that is literally what's next. I mean, we. <laughs> okay, I hope Emily does not make some great graphic that has continents. <laughs> what's next? Continents. But I, I do feel like it's too much information at some point. You know, I, I do think we should try to make accommodations in terms of general temperature in the office and that you have break times and things like that. Um, but, you, you know, there, there, you, there are doctors. You can, you know, you, I, I think I, I just feel like it's, it is not the role of the manager um, to do that. I mean, look at this show. We've been doing this show for over 20 years and we rarely talk about the subject of menopause. Deliberately. Which is not necessarily a good thing, right? So I I do, I do believe in normalizing it in appropriate situations. Right. And I don't know, mixed gender, mixed age workplaces. It's just hard for me to imagine that I personally would, would want to do that when I'm in the like ladies room, just talking to my friends. Sure. Fine. 
Yep. But maybe that's why it is why all this shame and embarrassment continues to lurk around it. So I think you're right, Gen Z. I get it. You're right. <laughs> but right. Well, that's why the writer Geneva Patterson in the Harvard Business Review, she said after she announced like at this mixed gender, mixed age meeting that, you know, oh, I have to leave. I have a hot flash. Two other women came up and spoke to her privately and said, thank you for that. Oh, but, okay. You know, I remember being in meetings where people would say, oh, did you get your hair cut or did you get your hair highlighted? I was like, please don't talk about my, like, I didn't even want to talk about my physical appearance or my hair highlights in a mixed gender yeah. thing. Just yeah. super it's aware of like, it's yeah. hard to know. And other people uh, might be very sensitive and uh, find that kind of discussion way too personal to have in the office. Yeah. Right. Okay. So here's the flip side of this over at Next Avenue. And we'll put links to these, both these articles in the show notes. They're big believers. So their point of view was if you're the employee. Okay. So not the boss. Self-advocacy. All right. So here's the deal. Imagine yourself sitting down with your boss and having this conversation. Here's what they, they say you should do. Communicate with your supervisor about what your experience uh, experiencing and give him or her some idea of what shifts you'd like to make for this foreseeable future, more flexibility or potentially working remotely. Share with your supervisor that there might be times when you need a break to step away from your desk or office and that you'll let him or her know when you're taking those breaks. Take care of you, okay? So that's always a good idea. Rest when needed, eat a healthy diet, get regular exercise, sleep, explore other ways to benefit your mental and physical health, and don't feel embarrassed. Do your best to let go of feelings of humiliation or shame. So again, these all seem great, but I'm imagining the scenario where you're walking into an office of a man 20 years younger than you, right. who's your boss, right. you know, they and you don't even know what it is. <laughs> oh, they don't want to know. They don't ever want yeah, to know. No, they don't. That's exactly right, Leanne. Yes. So, I mean, the more you remind them of your mother, the worse... <laughs> your reviews are going to be. I mean, yes. this is the problem. <laughs> I know. And okay, then even, even if I'm the supervisor, do I really need you to tell me every time you're going to take a break to step away, every time you're having a hot flash or let, <laughs> let me know when you're, no. Okay. Right. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Occasionally you're going to step away from a death. Okay. Great. Great. <laughs> you know, I, I, it, do, it does feel to me like there's a lot of communication around flexibility in, in the uh, office place, in the workplace now, which is great. But do you need to tell me like what your symptoms are when you're getting it? No, I'm, and so is that antiquated on my part? I don't, I don't think I fully support the do your best to let go of feelings of humiliation and shame. Of course, right. don't right. be embarrassed. Menopause is a normal condition. Yes, yes, yes. But okay. I'm, I'm like, also thinking as a supervisor, you're going to probably need some kind of documentation because you don't want oh to, God. if you're making, well, I know, well, think, <laughs> well, oh think God. about it, so that you would be making special accommodations for one employee that you wouldn't be giving to another employee. The other employee would might notice the special accommodations and wonder why they don't get, you know, the additional breaks or time away as well. You know, it, yeah. it it's, um, well, I'm firmly in the everyone's a grown-up category when it comes to supervising people. So if you need to like get up and walk away, if you need to work from home in the afternoon or whatever, I mean, given the kind of workplaces that I've normally been in, I, um, I am there for that, sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is, there's, this is really a tough one because how do you overcome the sort of the shame and embarrassment of it if you don't talk about it? But then, 
All I can think of, I, when I first read the article last week, all I could think of was our conversation um, with Madeleine Albright, Secretary Madeleine Albright, talking about, you know, when she was the first female Secretary of State and she'd be in a room with all men negotiating these high-level peace deals or treaties or whatever, and she'd be having a hot flash and she'd just say, can someone open a window? She'd like whisper to her aide, just please open the window. Yeah. Please open the window. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm more the Madeleine Albright school of just whispering to the aide, like, open the window. I'm going to tough this out. But it will be interesting to watch to see what companies do. I mean, set, I mean, companies are now setting menopause policies like they would for maternity. So mm-hmm. whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, we'll, I mean, see, right? It could backfire. It could backfire. Okay. You know, you could always go to the Satellite Sisters, the, uh, the Facebook group over there, if you want to comment on this, or if you've had a particular situation or been a manager or an employee that have gone through something like this. Let us know. We're sure you're thinking about it and and working through this. Um, Okay. Another business news, a couple of things under the conversation of you just can't pay for this kind of viral advertising, right? Liz, you and I were talking about the ocean spray uh, thing that went viral this this summer, right? Which I, you know, Julie, did you see that? The yes, guy on the skateboard. Just, just cruising along yeah. with the ocean spray. Yeah. That right. was, I mean, and I, Julie, I was just saying there are departments of thousands of people in marketing departments trying to make that happen, uh, you know, strategically. And it's never going to happen because you're trying to make it happen. That's the kind of thing that just, damn it. Look, now that's our whole marketing strategy. Some guy on a skateboard. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So. I don't listen, Julie. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a member of the Cranberry Club. Uh, I'm, I'm an ocean spray insider. And so from time to time, the company comes to me and they want to know my opinions on certain products and I give them to them and for free. I just am, you know, an ocean spray enthusiast. You know, I like so many of their products. So I got an email last week and talking about, um, uh, you know, lingo and the heading was, so we did a thing dot, 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 you're welcome. And I open it up and it's a new merch launch. Okay. So they're launching merchandise. It's the hoodie of my dreams. It's a picture of dog face, which was the TikTok handle of the skateboarder uh, of his face drinking the ocean spray on a black hoodie. So just an FYI, if anybody needs cranberry swag, there you go. It it exists. That's, you can, that's so. something, Liam. That's mm-hmm. something. So they're really, they're really all in on dog face. Is yeah. basically that's their whole marketing strategy right. now. Yeah. But you can also buy yourself a yoga mat if you want. If you really wanted that, they have a whole lifestyle category. It Julianne, seems like that would be a conversation starter, Liam. If you showed yeah. up your yoga class with uh, cranberry, <laughs> yeah, yoga. cornhole game, a desk cornhole game. So great. Now you can play cornhole at your desk. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, it's an interesting list of merch um and then another thing happened last week in the same category of like you could not plan this a company would you know spend hundreds of hours to try to go viral but last week um if you're an hbo max subscriber you got a very odd email from hbo max i got um, one did you, i got one too I got one. I got, and it was like what is this and it basically was like a test email there was no content it just it just was clearly like something you would send to yourself if you were testing something and so then hbo must have gotten questions because they posted on twitter like okay you guys you got that email um you weren't supposed to get it we're not throwing anybody under the bus, but it was an intern. Don't worry. They're fine. Just thanks. Go on with your life. And so then all of these other people on Twitter started writing dear intern tweets that were 
very, very funny. Um, so like one intern said that she was a very young copywriter and she had to write a brochure about a prescription drug that quote, reduces mortality in patients, but she wrote reduces morality in patients. <laughs> another, another, dangerous. another person said they worked for a large veterinary uh, company. And instead of sending out an email to all the pet owners, they sent out an email addressed to all the pets. So it was things like, hi, Scooper. Uh, we just wanted you to know that you're due for your shots. And, <laughs> and they said, like, people loved it so much. Now they continue just to send emails out to dogs. That was fun. That was fine. Here's one, dear intern. Uh, I was using my desktop calendar to make a monthly note of when I started my menstrual period. But after several months, I realized I was making the note on a calendar I shared with all of my colleagues company-wide. So, <laughs> oh, there you go. She said I was 37 years old. But this was my absolute favorite. Okay, this is from Erin. She said, dear intern, when I was 25, I made a PDF assigning each employee to the Muppet they reminded me of most. I meant to send it to my work friend, but I accidentally sent it to the entire company. So my supervisor, Beaker, wanted to fire me, but the owners, Bert and Ernie, intervened. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> anyway, two companies getting lucky virally making uh, making good on, on somebody else's uh, fun time. So anyway, there you go. A little business update. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, Thanks. Will happen. There you go. All right. So is it time for the big announcement? It is time yes. for the big announcement. This is it. Well, as I said at the top of the show, you know, it's long overdue. I've been really thinking about this. What can I pull off? You know, given my, I've got some, you know, uh, disabilities here I'm dealing with, but also the pandemic is over. So da, 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 da. Cooking with Liz is coming back for the month of July. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to do this. Here's my concept. Uh, because I have more limited capabilities, like last year, remember I was attempting Chateaubriand. I was uh -huh. doing all kinds of things that were ambitious. Well, I can't really lift a lot of things now. Anyway, so I wanted something simpler. So this summer, um, the summer of 2021 on Cooking with Liz is going to be the summer of snacks, sisters and misters. We're doing that a, sounds perfect, Liz. Yes, we're doing a summer of snacks, and this is going to be every Thursday in July, live in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. So I'll be live at 5 p.m. Pacific time, so that's 8 p.m. Eastern. Now, you will notice that that is a schedule change because last year I did noon, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. But here, I'm making the assumption that everyone has better things to do this summer. <laughs> now that you can leave the house, now that you're out and about, right. I'm hoping that everyone won't be home at noon on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. I'm just assuming you're going to go out and you're going to have a fantastic summer, which is why you need the right snacks to take with you. You're going to backyard barbecues. Maybe you're hosting one. So I'm purposely picking things that you can make for the social events you'll be having this summer. So here we go. July 1st is a Thursday. So on July 1st uh, at 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, week one, I am doing deviled eggs, sisters, deviled eggs for the 4th of July. Oh, so, nice. You know, just an American classic, right? Yes. I, you know, I don't think I, as much as I love them, I don't think I've ever made deviled eggs myself. So why not, right? right. All right. You can, sure. they're very versatile. You can do a lot of things with deviled eggs. 
Thank you, Julie. Well, the recipe that I picked, um, and all of this will be in the show notes once I get it all shaped up, is actually horseradish deviled eggs because Uh I love things with a little extra kick. So week one, deviled eggs for the 4th of July. And then I think I also need a holiday beverage with this, sisters. So, Mm. So can you think of anything that would pair well with deviled eggs? Leanne? Beer. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. Like if you're really going to do horseradish deviled eggs, that seems like a classic for beer, but maybe you could do like a ginger beer or something with ginger would also be nice, but yeah. Yeah. I think a good beer, a good craft beer would be good. Okay. All right. I know that's not a recipe, but uh, you know, think about it. You still have to open it up. That could be quite (laughs) exciting. I bet you don't even have it. Do you have a bottle opener list? (laughs) I probably have a bottle opener, but you know what I don't have, Julie? But, uh, you know, the horseradish deviled eggs recipe calls for using a pastry bag to like me, 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 to fill up the eggs. So, so what are you going to do about that, Liz? Yeah. I, I think I'm going to get Crate and Barrel on the blower. I th- <laughs> okay. Uh, you I know what to, I'm going to do. <laughs> I just wanted to hear it. I wanted to hear you say it. Yeah. I think I need to get Crate and Barrel on the blower for a number of things. I'm just working on my shopping list. Okay. Week one is deviled eggs. Week two, two kinds of crostini. Who doesn't like crostini? Mm, that's good choice. I love them. Good. You can do anything with crostini. And I have a beautiful cookbook called Olive and Time. It's the Olive and Time cookbook. Uh, Prospect Park Books, um, you know, someone we support and one of the companies that published Leon originally. Mm-hmm. And You Are the Best uh, by the Satellite Sisters. They published the Olive and Time cookbook. So crostini, week two. That's a good cookbook. Yep. Week three, now we're deep into July. So I was looking for some, like, what do you have for your outdoor movie night? What would be the right snacks for outdoor movie night? So week three, I'm going to be doing herbed popcorn and, uh, and some kind of cocktail. Haven't mm. figured out what the drink will be, but, you know, any suggestions? What would be good with herbed popcorn? Well, the popcorn is going to be a little salty. So you can yeah. go with something a little bit sweet for the okay. drink. That okay. would be nice. I mean, of course, the sangria is always nice, but you could do something more fun. You could do okay. something with watermelon, maybe. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I know you like watermelon juice. I do you? like watermelon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you also like Palomas, which would also be good. Have you done oh. those on Cooking with Liz? I have. N- no, I have not. That would be a good combo. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Herbed popcorn and Paloma. Mm-hmm. Okay, I even like the sound of that. Okay, popcorn and Paloma night, <laughs> 3 July. Okay, week four, um, you got to go, you got to have something with from Ina, right? From right. Ina Garden, the Barefoot Contessa. So I'm going to make, this is a little fancier, her cacho and pepe cheese puffs. Just Ooh. some basic. Because again, who doesn't love cheese, cheese puffs? <laughs> yeah. So, and I think I can manage cheese puffs. Doesn't look that hard. And then bring it on home. Luckily, July has five Thursdays in it. And uh, week five, bring it on home. Bacon wrapped jalapeno poppers. Oh, my favorite. Wow. I think it's the state food of Texas. Liz. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's all right. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I have, yeah, there's a good recipe that uh, from the kitchen on the jalapeno poppers. So, so Julie, what, what do Texans drink with their bacon wrapped jalapeno poppers? That's easy, Liz. Ranch water. And that would be tequila and to- Topo Chico. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hmm. ranch water. That's what it's called. Yeah. I've never even heard of that. Okay, I'm writing that down. Okay. Well, do I don't, I've never even heard of Topo Chico. So well, it's like a, it's like a, a, a sparkling water. 
Oh, okay. Oh, Liz, yeah, where you been? <laughs> where you been, Liz? Oh, I've just been. Come on, just yeah, been everywhere. Totally chuggy, I think. Yeah, right? yeah. That's wrong use of chuggy, but okay. Uh, but but no, don't it's don't everywhere sleep now. Ranch water. Don't sleep on the ranch water. Okay. So there, <laughs> so there you go. I'm going to post all of these in the Facebook group and probably on the. Um, in this on the satellite sisters website too in the blog section but there you go starting july 1 five thursdays in july 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m eastern satellite, cooking with liz live so liz i just want to ask the question that others will ask if they can't watch you live the videos do live on you post them on instagram and they're yes. also in the facebook group correct yes yes right yes and i always distribute them on instagram and uh yeah so yes you can definitely find them but you do have to follow us on some social media. So our Instagram yeah. is at Sat Sisters. Head, head on over there. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah, All right. That's the easiest way to find them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a um, person. Okay. There you go. I'm excited. Liz, that sounds great. Those all, yeah, all sound really good. Too. Yeah, they yeah. sound good. I think maybe it would be nice with the Ina Garden. Um, a what? Prosecco would be good. Oh. With, uh, Oh, yeah. She, yeah. she, she likes a champagne cocktail. Yes, yes she does. Uh, nice. Nice choices. All right. Coming up, it's our summer food spectacular. Claire Tansy is with us. She has some salads for you to make for the summer. She has uh, the ingredient of the summer. And we're going to talk about our new puppy. So stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. But first, we want to thank our sponsors. Leon and Julie here from Satellite Sisters. And we want to thank our friend, Jenny Kane. Hi, Jenny. We love Jenny Kane. We know you know it's a California brand through and through, and we love their staples because it makes getting dressed so easy. Minimalist, effortless, but totally refined. And hello, Julie Dolan, that's kind of you. Minimalist, effortless, and totally refined. What have you been wearing from Jenny Kane this week? Leon, I love the cocoon cardigan. It's perfect for the hot again, cold again weather we're having, you know, this is sweater weather. And you can just pop on that cardigan. And even if you're wearing something schlumpy underneath, all of a sudden you look elevated and you're ready to go. You look minimalist, effortless and totally refined when you wear the cocoon cardigan. Yes, I do, Leanne. Uh, I got compliments on it too, because it's just the perfect thing to put on. Well, that's why we love Jenny Kane, is that everything is beautifully designed and really flatters the wearer. So we want to encourage you to check out everything over at JennyKane.com. You're going to find your new uniform. What is it that you want to put on that just perks up your, your presentation? Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off their first order when they use code SISTERS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at JennyKane.com. And Jenny Kane is spelled J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E. JennyKane.com, promo code SISTERS. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Thanks, Jenny. We are so happy to welcome back to Satellite Sisters, Claire Tanzi. She is the author of Uncomplicated and Dinner Uncomplicated. She has really coached us through a lot of cooking situations, and she's here for our summer food spectacular. Claire, we're happy to talk to you on Satellite Sisters. So happy to be here. It's spectacular. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can you feel it? Can you feel the excitement? Um, yeah, there? it's like there's like glitter dust all over the place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, we're going to talk about food. Uh, but first we have to talk about the puppy. So what, 
just give us an update on the dog you, you so yeah, new we, family member. We're our new family member, so she's 13 weeks old as of yesterday. She's a black Labrador. Her name is Callie with a K. Um, and oh my gosh, why did I wait so long to get a dog? Amazing. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, now I grew up with labs, um, but my husband was the holdout, and my son and I have been waging this very sustained, quiet campaign for several years. Um, and he finally, I believe his exact words were something like, all right, if you want to get a dog, get a dog. I don't care. So that, that was <laughs> basically wow. very endorsement. It's a yeah. huge green light. And of course, wouldn't you know, now he's totally smitten with her. My husband is like up in the middle of the night with her and cuddling her, taking pictures of her. And we are all just totally head over heels. It's oh. great. That's great. Well, well Julie, Julie, yeah, go Julie's ahead. A black lab. I mean, I have a black lab, Claire. Um, uh, Oliver will be three this week. Uh, so if you have any ideas for dog birthday cakes, let me know. But. <laughs> um, our, our dog seems to really enjoy sticks. Yes. Um, yes. You know, like every kind of stick, small, large stick. Yep. Yeah, that's it. They like it. And balls. They're also very big. Labs also like balls. Very they like good. things in their mouth at all times. Yes. <laughs> I'm looking at the picture Claire sent me of Callie. I, I don't know if there is anything cuter than a black lab puppy. They no. are very cute. They are very yeah. cute. Well, congratulations. I'm glad you have such a good attitude because sometimes 13 weeks into puppyhood can be like, that was a huge mistake. What were we thinking? So, well, it's kind of like when you have a kid too, right? Because it's right. every now and then people will actually stop their cars on the street and get out and want to talk to her, to the dog. Yeah. Um, so you're like, oh, right. This is supposed to be fun. Right. Right. <laughs> All right. But we're here to talk about the summer food yes. spectacular. So, okay, Claire, we, we've been to you to uncomplicate all kinds of things in our <laughs> lives in terms of food. So what's your approach to uncomplicated summer? How do you handle summer cooking? Well, it's pretty much the same as I do all year round. It is easy. It is accessible. There are no weird ingredients. Um, you know, there's no like extra fancy equipment that I need. And it all comes together in well under an hour. But everything's totally, totally delicious. And I just find in the summer, the only thing I want is, I want to kind of change up the flavor profile. Um, I feel like through the winter, there's a, as a kind of a tomato carbohydrate, um, potato, I know potatoes a carb, but I'm Irish, so it's, it gets its own category. Uh, so, but it's like there's a meat carbohydrate tomato trifecta that we live in. And in the summer, I want to switch that up to being a bit brighter, a bit crunchier, and a bit fresher. Oh, I like it. All mm -hmm. right, so what are some of the favorites that you make? So for some reason, as I was thinking about this, everything I thought of and all of my favorite summer dishes are Thai. Oh, um, okay. you know, uh, I don't know, don't know what that's about. Maybe, I mean, I've been to Thailand many times. It is very hot there. So maybe that's how I associate being hot in the summer in Toronto, uh, and being hot in Bangkok. Um, but I love doing like really big, big flavored Thai salads. So I do a pad Thai shrimp. Um, now that is, is that is not a salad. It is actually a hot dish, but it is just absolutely packed with lime juice and fish sauce and chili. And uh, I do this funny little tamarind substitution because it's hard to get tamarind, but if you combine molasses and brown sugar, you have got essentially tamarind and add some lime juice. So pad thai shrimp, mostly shrimp and um, peas and then just a few noodles. So it feels really light, feels really refreshing. And like I said, it's spicy. 
So it's almost that old thing where if you're sweating more, somehow you're cooler. So spicy food, <laughs> come on, stick with me. This works. If you're sweating because your food's so spicy, then you actually are cooler. How about that? That's what my mother would say. <laughs> I believe that. Sounds totally, totally doable. Your, and your kids are, your son likes the pad thai. He likes spicy. He'll, he'll eat exotic foods. Well, so my son is nine and he will eat things as long as they aren't touching each other. Okay. <laughs> That's sensible. That's very so, sensible. Yeah. You know, at age nine, I don't know. So as long as I make sure to keep like the shrimp separate from the noodles and the noodles separate from the snow peas, and then I have the sauce on the side and there's always soy sauce on the table. Um, we do pretty well. Yeah. Okay. That's a big, that's actually something I counsel a lot of my clients and my students of is like, if you can do a deconstructed dinner when you're dealing with any kind of picky eater, whether it's an adult or a teenager or a child, if you can pull it apart um, before, uh, before putting it on the table, then, and everybody can assemble their own dish, you are going to be in a much more positive frame of mind because everybody's going to be able to have exactly what they want. You know, I think that's why people like tacos because they uh, taco exactly. bars because they can yeah. build their own taco, even if yeah. it's just like cheese and meat, which is <laughs> just yeah, okay. Fine, I'm not looking. Just eat that. That sounds good. <laughs> now, all right. So I asked you, Claire. I requested that you inspire us by giving us an ingredient of the summer. Mm -hmm. Like, what's something that you're going to be working with this summer over and over again mm -hmm. to inspire our us to take a few chances in the kitchen? All right. Well, I have in classic Miss America style, there's a runner-up and then there's a winner. Okay. Um, so uh -huh. we always announce the runner-up first. The runner-up is Napa cabbage. Um, <laughs> okay. I know. Unexpected. Unexpected. I, I know. This is the Rhode Island of the Miss America contest. Um, but Napa cabbage. Okay, so bear with me. It, it, easy to slice, okay? The, yes. You do not want to be working up a sweat when you're chopping something. It is the basic ingredient of an amazing coleslaw, and coleslaw is the salad of the summer. Um, it's packed with all kinds of nutrients. Of I can't even name them all. There are so many, and it's super affordable. So Napa cabbage, great in a coleslaw, great in a stir fry. That's the runner-up. But the actual oh. winner is tahini tahini is the oh, tahini oh, congratulations, all right. congratulations tahini yes <laughs> yeah. you wear your crown with pride um tahini listen tahini makes the most amazing salad dressing um i'm going to share the recipe with you for a creamy tahini dressing it's got mm. like a little bit of sweet a little bit of salty a little bit of ginger so delicious really switches up your salad routine for the summer it is also delicious uh, tahini just drizzled on any grilled vegetable uh grilled peppers, huh. grilled asparagus, grilled eggplant, just a little really? sprinkle of salt, drizzle of tahini. It, it, it's incredibly delicious. And the next time you're thinking, I, I can't have another a piece of toast and peanut butter for breakfast, um, try toast with tahini and a little bit of Nutella. Oh, yeah. Ooh, whoa, you're blowing oh, yeah. my mind. You're oh, yeah. So <laughs> delicious. Tahini goes well with chocolate. It goes well with nuts. It goes well with vegetables. It goes well with meats. So tahini is the ingredient of the summer. Okay. And you've provided this grain bowls with creamy tahini dressing. And that looks so fantastic. I already put it on the schedule for this week. So we'll be having it Thursday because I have recently started buying tahini because you know what, Liz, remember when I was at your house making you the green chef dishes, you know, when yeah. you were down and out? 
Yeah. Well, they use a lot of tahini drizzle. I'm like, why don't I use more tahini in my, in my life? So I bought some tahini and you're right. It's delicious on everything, but I never thought to pair it with Nutella. So (laughs) unbelievable. Also, I mean, I maybe Nutella goes with everything that could be, I mean, I may not be stretching too far on that one. Wow. I'm really well, excited about I didn't, I didn't think of, I, those were two unexpected choices. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to rush right out because I think we do get, you do get in a rut over the winter and it's good to really mix it up. And yeah. I wouldn't have mixed it up with those two items, but uh, I'm all in. Thanks, Fantastic. Claire. I'm here yeah. for you. And, and anybody who is worried about like people not loving tahini, uh, I can tell you, I got an email just a week ago uh, from a woman who said that her kids actually would like to drink the tahini dressing. <laughs> and so <laughs> she started putting tahini in her kids' smoothies as well. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, um, okay. Well, okay. I can't, I mean, I think you're going to do for tahini what I've done for caftans so I I think this (laughs) is well that's good because in my grocery store you can only buy tahini in like a one kilogram jar so you're gonna need 17 it's gonna be like Liz's sour cream you're gonna need (laughs) lots of different ways to use it (laughs) do you grill in the summer are you a griller Big time. I okay. love grilling. Um, we have a gas grill and a charcoal grill, and it's like there's always a big debate about which is better. Um, it rages through the summer. And yeah, we grill a ton. Um, we have been eating a lot less meat in the last year. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've noticed, but the meat prices have gone through the roof since yeah. COVID. Um, so we've been doing a lot of like plank salmon, you know, cedar plank salmon, which is mm-hmm. just out of this world. Um, we do a lot of shrimp on skewers, and we do a lot of vegetarian meals right on the grill as well whether it's like a big portobello mushroom burger or um, just a big mix-up of like eggplant and peppers and zucchini and uh, tossed all around and drizzled with tahini I put in a pita bread and call it dinner what's the biggest grilling mistake we all make because I think grilling is filled with a lot of myths, but yes. what, what's actual one mistake you see? You know, oh gosh, it's so hard to choose one. Um, even this most seasoned couple, griller can make, can make uh, mistakes here. I think that uh, it's, it's not sexy at all, but you got to clean your grill. <laughs> like you've got to clean your uh-huh. grill. I mean, how many times have you gone to somebody's house or maybe you've rented a cabin or something and the grill is just vile. It is caked with everything. So just take a couple hours on an afternoon, fill up a big Rubbermaid bin with hot soapy water, put your rubber gloves on, take your barbecue grill grates out and scrub them down really, really well. And then scrape out the inside of your barbecue. Guys, it's not going to be pretty, but you're going to be so grateful that it's done. So that makes a huge huge, huge difference. Um, And then once it's all clean, I would say the thing I notice the most in my students is they don't preheat the grill enough. So it takes 10 to 15 minutes for a grill to get preheated. Like you want to bury that needle, right? You know, all the way as hot as it can go before you put anything on it. Um, And that's going to prevent stuff from sticking. It's going to create those beautiful grill marks. It's going to let the um, certainly meats and vegetables cook more evenly and they'll stay more juicy. So that's a really big one. So neither of those is particularly sexy, but those are, I would say, the two (laughs) biggest mistakes that people make. (laughs) Well, I think those are important, though. I Mm -hmm. mean, I'm... I don't yeah. want to, yeah. I'm thinking about cleaning my grill right after we get off this Zoom call, actually, <laughs> pictures. you mentioned it. <laughs> well, it's interesting I'm because- My grill breakthrough, this is Liz, was long tongs. As soon yeah. as I got like a decent pair of long tongs, I was just off to the races because before yeah. I would be like using a regular fork, burning my hand, <laughs> like, yeah, you, you just- oh, yeah. 
Yeah, you, Those long tongs actually are, they're very helpful for getting tennis balls that are stuck under the couch as well. <laughs> Just wash in between. Yeah. Which you do a lot of with a lab puppy. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> um, okay. So Claire, you're doing a cooking school for tweens and teens this yeah. summer. So what's that all about? What, I mean, have, oh, do you have yeah. signups already? And, and what, what yeah. are your plans for that? Yeah, we have lots of signups already. We, we actually started this. So I've been teaching online um, since about the beginning of 2021, doing virtual live classes, which are amazing. Yeah, they've been fun. I, we took the herb class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of sisters have been coming, which is great. Um, and then we had a weird, where I live, um, our spring break was delayed because of COVID. It's all complicated. Don't, don't even inquire. Our government's just botched the whole thing. Different topic. But we had this delayed spring break. And so there were no camps or anything. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could just take this time and teach kids who are in that sweet spot uh, between 11 and 15. So before they're really totally fully independent, um, but and once they snarly. are, it, they're not fact, just before they're snarly, they're not snarly yet, um, but they're also fairly independent. So they can do things like roll out dough and measure ingredients. What if we could teach them five amazing recipes that would not just get them excited about cooking would also like they will make for the rest of their lives and then they will be able to contribute to the family dinner process um so i just thought it could be it could be great who knew we so we like well let's try it uh, it sold out in uh, less than four days, wow. uh, so it was massively popular. We have teen uh, or tween co-hosts every day, um, and they're just amazing. So we thought, well, let's do it again. We'll run it again in the summer. And so it's going to run the week of July 5th. It's perfect for kids who are like 11 to 15, 11 to 16. Some 10-year-olds are allowed in as long as they feel uh, comfortable in the kitchen. And we cook like real adult food like we're not just making mac and cheese and pizza we are making butter chicken or butter tofu if your kid is vegetarian or vegan we're going to make homemade ice cream uh, we're mm. going to make nachos we are going to make mm. grain bowls as a matter of fact with a sushi twist to them Ooh. Um, and what th the idea here is your kids can do it believe in them and give them this opportunity and um hey let them also make lunch for you because that would right. be Claire, really I think great. that's great they should you know they can do more than set the table okay that's uh, uh it's my you know that they could actually prepare meals to help out in the family i think it's absolutely great yeah and it's been great and i've had a lot of great feedback from parents from whose kids took it the first round that their kids are now actually cooking for them uh, and eating them a bit more broadly. So come right. on, win, win, win. I'm so excited. And they're just hilarious. Everybody is asked to bring their best terrible joke. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it's just a, a laugh a minute. <laughs> That sounds fun. You're also doing a cocktails masterclass. So that <laughs> yes, also uh, sounds exciting. Yes, that is not for the teens and tweens. Thank you very much. <laughs> Good work, Claire. <laughs> Um, and that's also a COVID uh, kind of pivot, as we say. Um, I used to teach a great cocktails class at our local community college, and it was always just a riot. We had so much fun. Um, and I really got into cocktails, like the history um, and kind of the, the basic principles of creating your own signature cocktail and just some kind of really interesting basics around cocktails. So yeah, I'm going to do a summer cocktails masterclass in July. And we're going to kind of cover some of the great classics of summer cocktails. So we're going to do Cosmos, we're going to do margaritas, we're going to do a couple of others, and then I will teach my number one all-time favorite cocktail snack, uh, which Ooh. is a sweet and spicy kettle corn. Delicious. Oh. Yeah, so it's really, it's, uh, that'll be on the, uh, on an, you know, like a Friday evening, and we'll have tons of fun with that. Um, 
And no, the kids are not invited to that one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Claire, it's always fantastic to talk to you. You're offering a discount for Satellite Sisters on the the cooking class for tweens and teens. So um, we'll get people that code and everything on the website and in Pep Talk. I want to encourage people to subscribe to Pep Talk. But thank you. Okay, we're going to be cooking Thai food. We're going to be trying Napa cabbage. We're going to be stocking up on tahini. We're going to clean our grill and we're going to clean our grill. Is that, did, did that, that the right That's away? perfect. You know, and uh, you know, if anybody has any suggestions on how to get my dog to stop eating sticks, I'm, I'm all, I'm all ears. <laughs> uh, what our dog trainer said was only feed them balls and bones balls and bones. That's it. Like, don't give them stuffed animals or anything or things that look like your shoe, because then they're going to eat your shoe because they don't know the difference between the toy shoe. Yes. We think they're very smart, but they're not actually that smart. No. Balls and bones. There you go. Uh, All right. Okay. Have a fantastic summer, Claire. Thanks for being on Satellite Sisters. You too. Great to be here. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Claire. Claire. It's always great to talk to Claire Tanzi. Everything she mentioned will be, you know, we're going to spread it around. It's going to be at the website. I want you to subscribe to Pep Talk this week because we have our Summer Food Spectacular Pep Talk going out with lots of recommendations for cookbooks and Instagram accounts that we follow and actual recipes. And um, the offers that Claire mentioned, those will be up uh, also in Pep Talk as well. So that's our newsletter. And if you don't get it, head on over to SatelliteSisters.com and you can sign up for it there. But that was fun to talk to her. Gonna make, it's gonna so make, fun to- oh yeah, totally going to make that grain ball, 100%. <laughs> All right, Liz, what's happening over in Review Land? Okay, well, in Review Land, I thought in honor of Claire, who is a Canadian, you know, it's just a good reminder that we have lots of Canadian listeners, Leanne. So this week's review was posted by Cher, and the title was Relevant and Uplifting. Well, that sounds like a good way to, you know, describe our show. Thank you, Cher. And she wrote, I've been listening to the sisters for a few years now. I love the funny stories. I appreciate the way you bring in your business experience in the stories. Thank you, Cher. We tried to do that today, but who knows? Um, And I love the way the news or current events are presented. I I appreciate the way sad stories are presented. I'm Canadian and I like getting an up-to-date picture of where things are at in the United States. Well, okay, Cher. I I hope you have other sources too. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I think we do an okay job. Right on everything. I think we do a pretty good job. But then she closes by saying, finally, one of your laughs sounds exactly like my aunt's laugh. And I think of her often when I listen keep up the fabulous work. So that's nice. It's just, Oh, that's That's great. Very nice. So we are, we are very grateful when you post reviews, you know, if you listen in Apple podcasts or Spotify or any of the apps where, where you listen to us, reviews really do help um, more sisters and misters to find the satellite sisterhood. So thanks a lot for that share. We'd also like to thank our engineer. Thanks to Sergio Enriquez for always making us sound great and putting the show together when we blow it. Thank you, Sergio. A big thanks to Emily Loudermilk, our graphic designer. To see Emily's fun designs every week, go to our Instagram page, at Sat Sisters. Thank you to our sponsors. They really do make it possible for us to do the show, and your support of our sponsors uh, is key to that. We're lucky to have great sponsors who are with us week in and week out. We appreciate it. All right, sisters, what's on your to-do list? Well, I'm going to start. I'm going to start. It's the 50th anniversary of Joni Mitchell's Blue album. 
Okay. Oh, could that be? I know. That's not possible. Yes. I know. So, but it is. So, uh, you know, 100% like the most listened to album, uh, the Dolan Family Household, by the girls, I would say, <laughs> in, the in, the, in the 70s. So, uh, so I'm going to listen to Joni Mitchell Blue straight through. Like, good, put that on my to-do list, start to finish, considered a masterpiece, maybe the best album of all time, probably the best album ever written by a woman, just an extraordinary album. So a lot of great remembrances in both the New York Times and the LA Times today, if you're a Joni Mitchell fan, but I'm going to listen to it straight through. That's, okay. that's on my to-do list. Jewel, how about you? Well, you know what I want to do? I want to find Liz's cooking with Liz recipe for the grilled pizza. Okay. Oh. You have to have pizza inside here in Texas now, but I'm going to try the grilled pizza. Where do I find that recipe, Liz? Well, here's the good news, Julie. It's a Claire Tansy YouTube video. I, oh. learned, I learned that from Claire and she demonstrates the whole thing on a video. So I'll put a, I'll send you the link and I'll put a link in the show notes. How about okay. that? All right. That's uh, perfect. Because outdoor pizza, I think that was a real breakthrough moment for me last summer on Cooking with Liz. And I have, I have actually continued to make that. So, okay. Thanks for asking. Well, my right. to-do list, you know, it seems like maybe I'm the last person in the world to ever do this, but I have my first ever telemedicine appointment this week. You know, it's so great. Like my doctor and I have a few things to discuss. We were like in the email system and I'm like, well, can we just do this on, you know, on video? She's sure. So like saving me the trouble of getting myself all the way there. So telemedicine, yay. Here we go. I like exactly. it. Exactly. Yep. Love it. It's all right, sisters. Time. Sounds like a fun week for everybody. Um, don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs>